Welcome to Live Healthy Now with Nicola Mercer, a weekly show helping you get clear on the power of building sustainable, healthy habits to live the happy, strong life you are craving. It's time to stop waiting for happiness and burning yourself out trying to reach it. Each week we'll share insights into the world of health and well-being to help you learn which habits are the right ones for you without the overwhelm and confusion you feel right now. It's time to strip back and lay out the truth about why taking better care of yourself is the answer to the happy life you're striving so hard to create. Hi and welcome to today's episode of Live Healthy Now. Today I'm chatting all things women's troubles and you'll find out why I'm using that term as we get into the conversation with our fantastic guest Emily Cook, who's joining us to talk about women's menstrual cycles and PCOS which we're going to share with you exactly what that is if you haven't heard of that term before. So welcome to the podcast Emily. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I hope I am a spokeswoman for those of PCOS um, and I hope that we can have some insightful conversation about um, the challenges of being a female or somebody with ovaries. I think it's the yeah. case <laughs> Yeah and I'm really excited to talk about this topic because I've focused on menopause in a few different podcast conversations but this is something that regardless of age is still so relevant and it's something that impacts so many females Mm -hmm. but does also impact males as well as we know when we talk about you know menopause the importance of men having better awareness of what women go through in their menstrual life season and the changes that can happen throughout that so Before we get into all of that, I just want to start by finding out a little bit about you by asking what your most impactful healthy habit is. Oh, good question. I think um, right now I've been trying a few different things for my, like I'm in my self-improvement era. Like I'm really trying to like look after myself and especially in these like colder months, really force myself to not be sedentary and sit at my desk all day which I have such a bad habit of doing um so my healthy habit and this is like my new life hack is getting Spotify premium and listening to audiobooks or having audible um, and listening to audiobooks and enjoying them so much that you force yourself to go on walks (laughs) so I've gone like 30 minutes to 45 minute long walks every day because I want to finish my audiobook and it has given me purpose to leave the house, which is something that I have struggled with before. Is like, okay, well, if I go on a walk, like, what am I going to do? I'm just going to walk. People try, I, there was like a TikTok trend of like hot girl walks, trying to make it sound like something exciting is happening, but it's not really. <laughs> so um, I just have started listening to audiobooks and only doing that when I walk. And it just has helped me get my steps in. I now do more than just sit at my desk all day, which feels so good. And it makes me... I feel like I've actually done something with my day, which of course I do, I work, but it's nice to get the exercise as well. So my mm. life hack for the current m- past month, listen to audiobooks, go on walks. Yeah. Oh, I love that. <laughs> and, and that is such a great way to help you do something you know you want to do to feel healthier, but that you're struggling with. And it's funny yep. because... I do hear people say that they think walking is absolutely boring, that there are people who just do not want to go on walks because they don't see the point in it. I've heard people say, 
the only reason you should walk is when you're walking to get somewhere different. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if you're walking from home to just get back home, psychologically, they just can't do it, which which I understand. But at the same time, I struggle with because I do really enjoy walking. But I love that mm. you've looked at a way to help you do that. And you're really Definitely. enjoying listening to the audiobooks that you probably wouldn't make time for otherwise. And, and I bet you're learning from them. Yeah. What what type of books do you like fiction or nonfiction best? So right now I'm listening to one called The Happy Place and it is like a rom-com set in America, which most of my books tend to be like modern day, like New York or a big city. Um, And it's just like a very cheesy romance book that like honestly gets a little bit steamy at times. So like it's good that I'm on a walk because I'm like, (laughs) oh God, nobody else can like hear me listen to this. But um it's good. I just, it's like a, I've like tricked my brain into thinking that this is what I need to do to be healthy and enjoy something. Mm. It's like when people put their phone on the other side of the room to have their alarm so that it means they get up in the day. I just feel like I'm like tricking my brain and it just like, it still doesn't, hasn't figured it out yet. So it's yeah, good. but what, what you've done there is actually part of habit building and that you're giving yourself a reward and that's Mm. what then cements the thing you're trying to do as a habit because now your brain knows when you go outside on a walk it's going to get that dopamine hit from the enjoyment of listening to your rom-com with a bit of sizzle in it at the same time I know I listen to podcasts a lot and I have listened to audiobooks as well in the past not so much recently but Sometimes I laugh at myself because I'm out on a walk and I actually say something out loud in response to what I'm hearing on a podcast or I laugh. And once I actually was crying on this walk, listening to this incredible podcast. And this this was actually during lockdown because I remember I worked at Nike at the time and I was leading a well-being thing for our team and I shared this podcast with them and everyone listened to it and were messaging in our group chat like, oh my God, this is so inspiring and a couple of them did say they shed a tear. So yeah, you can go out on a walk and just forget who's around you and not give a a care for what you might be saying or, or, you know, looking like when people see you walking along. Exactly, exactly. So I know we've chatted previously um, about your experience with PCOS, which is Mm -hmm. polycystic ovary syndrome. It's something that I definitely haven't had a lot of experience with. So to kick us off, can you just break down what that is and share a bit Mm -hmm. about how you came to know that you had that? Absolutely. So yeah, PCOS, polycystic ovary syndrome, um, is a hormone disorder that one in 10 women struggle with, which is a crazy statistic considering how unheard of um, or undiagnosed it is. It is put in the same bag as like endometriosis. Um, So a lot of people who have those conversations or where you see those conversations, those two often come up. Um, It is a, it affects your menstrual cycle essentially. So um, it means you have a increase in, androgens i think um that causes your hormones to essentially not um follow the same 28 day cycle as as most periods do um and there are so many symptoms and it's so different for everyone um so what i kind of experienced was super heavy periods like so heavy that i thought it was normal and it totally wasn't um irregular periods so i thought i was one of the lucky ones who 
I don't know. I don't know why I thought this was a thing. I just thought I was a lucky person who didn't get periods. <laughs> I was like, ah, oh, yes, I don't have to bleed once a month. Aren't I so lucky? Uh, little did I know, like, my hormones were totally out of whack. Um, and so I was having periods, cycles, which are maybe, like, 40 to 70 days. Mm. Um, I think there was a year where I maybe had, like, four periods. And I was just, like, kind of excited about it. And then I kind of wasn't because... Um, I was getting, I, I was, maybe I was about 18 or so, and I was getting super bad cramps. I was super hormonal. I was fatigued all the time. Um, brain, fro- brain fog. It kind of was like how when I had COVID a little while ago, it kind of felt like that, to be honest. Uh, just my whole body was just not doing good. I could just tell something was up. Um, and as you do as an 18-year-old who's like never had to go to the doctors about anything, I just started Googling and watching all these videos and trying to understand what was going on, especially if there was anything that I could do to change it. Um, so I actually was very proud of myself. I booked in a doctor's appointment. It was like, just, I think the reason I was so proud of myself and why this was such an important thing for me is because it was about periods and it was about a taboo topic. Um, yeah, I could speak to my friends about it and say like, oh yeah, you know, just have a really heavy period today or oh, I'm feeling a bit under the weather. But it was it was nothing more than that. Um, I didn't really speak to any family members about it. Luckily, I was with my boyfriend, so I kind of was able to like open up to him and he helped me go to the doctors and, and kind of understand what was going on and see if I could get officially diagnosed. So um, I ended up going to the doctors and um, kind of had a few conversations. They did a ultrasound on my tummy because um as the name suggests you do have tiny little cysts on your ovaries they're nothing compared to um the big painful cysts that I think you can get of endometriosis these are just tiny little ones that are kind of like nothing to worry about but they just are a symptom of PCOS um and that's what helps you diagnose it so at the time um the doctor did the ultrasound and they said yes we can see you have cysts so in my head that was a confirmed thing that I had PCOS but I later had a conversation and the doctor was like yes you have PCOS and yes you have um I had high testosterone at that point I think um because I was struggling with some symptoms like um hair growth and like the fatigue and the mood swing side of things um but he said to me and I remember it so clearly he just looked me in the eyes and was like Uh, it's hard to diagnose you because you're not overweight and I just thought it was a very bizarre thing for someone to say like to comment on my body weight even though yes weight gain is a possible symptom of PCOS but it was a hard thing to hear at the age of 18 to to think that maybe like I because I didn't fit the complete like I don't know character profile of what it was like to have PCOS that maybe I didn't have it or maybe that I was like struggling with body dysmorphia at the time and I didn't really know what I looked like and I kind of thought I wasn't like getting on that side of things and I was kind of unhealthy so it was just weird to have um something so flat out said to me at that time um but he then did later diagnose me and say yes you do have PCOS even though you're not overweight um and kind of from there the next point of call for him was to put me on the pill obviously, because, you know, to regulate the periods and such. So I was on the pill at the age of 18. And um, 
I already remember thinking like this is so weird like don't I have a hormone imbalance like this is literally what PCOS is like I have a hormone imbalance and you're giving me something to counteract that but it completely ended up ruining my hormones and I was like the worst I'd ever been at the age of like 19, 18. Um, Like the mood swings was bad, the anxiety was high, which is a symptom of PCOS anyway. Um, I was at university and my like social skills were just like not up to scratch. I was just going through it like as a 19 year old. Um, And it was just a really hard time for me. And I I was blaming it on the pill. And I do believe that that was what caused like um, more of the emotional side of things for me, like the anxiety and the depression and the mood swings, Um, because my hormones were not how they were supposed to be and I was given the pill without any like prior understanding of what it was going to do for me except regulate my periods and it did but I just came off it because I felt so I felt so anti that that was just the solution and that was just what I was told to do after so many like hours of researching online finding out that like that's not what should be happening Mm -hmm. so um yeah it was just it was just a very like weird time because it wasn't very spoken about and I think PCOS is more of a topic nowadays thank god um and thanks to you know like TikTok and and these like shorter form videos and reels and stuff that it is easy to be educated about it but for me I just it was a very like I don't know it was a very weird time as like a a young girl who was going through uh, one of the scariest times of university and like finding myself and knowing who you are at the same time struggling with something that felt like it should have been so normal like something that happens to every woman right a period but it wasn't happening to me and it just felt very like disconnecting from like womanhood it was a very weird time so that was kind of that's kind of my story and how it how it came about mm. <laughs> but yeah yeah I like that term that you've used there being disconnected from womanhood because obviously it was a long time ago when I was taught at school about puberty and periods and so yeah. on and I can remember that you weren't taught taught or told very much you know when you were taught this did you get told that there could be problems with periods in your menstrual cycle like PCOS or endometriosis or other issues or was it just the basic science of this is what's going to happen yeah just the basic science you know Mm. um I was never even aware that like something was wrong until I started searching things up Mm -hmm. and I kind of figured you know maybe I do have this hormone imbalance um and, and it was weird because um you know, I tried like a lot of things. Like I, I was thinking, I was starting to put on weight. Like after like a year or two later of being diagnosed, and I was trying to like find out all these solutions to it. When I found out that it's just a sim, you know, these are just symptoms of PCOS, and this was just something I was going to have to manage and deal with. Um, and that was something I was not told when I was diagnosed was what was going to happen. Mm. And it's like same like you're saying at school, I was never even aware that this was a thing in the first place. So. It was just that lack of information and that that lack of um, support that I felt I had. It was just, here's the pill, get over it. And I feel like that was the same at school. It's like, these are certain forms of contraception you can go on and that's just how it is. And there we go. And it's it's just a weird, like, weird thing to have so stuck in my head of what periods should have been versus what they actually were and, like, how I manage it now is so different. So, Mm. so different. 
And that's part of the challenge and what I wanted to raise in this conversation is, you know, our menstrual cycle is such a huge part of life when you are female. Mm -hmm. And it's something that is still carrying a lot of stigma and taboo. We know through the awareness that's now happening, thankfully, around menopause, people are starting to talk about it but that's very specific to menopause but there's a whole potentially 30 40 years before that stage of life that as females we have to navigate and live with Mm. and to have so little information given when we're young means that like you at 18 you're in a position where you know you don't feel well and you're struggling with the regular but heavy periods and then you haven't gone speak to a doctor which I know even at my age is very uncomfortable still there's this thing isn't there about sitting in front of a doctor and talking about you know these women's troubles and and that's how I set up our conversation today because there's still this like approach to periods you know having your monthly bleed having painful periods that feels embarrassing doesn't it did did you feel that even amongst friends you mentioned you know it wasn't like you could necessarily chat to people about how you were feeling oh definitely oh my gosh I remember I was in like sixth sixth form so I I think yeah I was still like 17 18 and I remember I bled through because my periods had no like warning signs they would just appear (laughs) and they would be heavy and um it just bled through everything and it was and I just remember thinking, I'm, am I too old for that? Should this still be happening? These feel like horror stories that happen to people who've never had a period before. Um, and even like the other week, like I'm 24 now and I'm still struggling with this and like heavy periods and bleeding through onto my bed sheets and stuff. Like, and I said to my mum, I was like, is this normal? Like, I thought as a woman this age, I should have everything under control and I can just easily have a tampon and just whack it in. And it's mm. like it's perfect brilliant that's what being a woman is and um I just haven't felt that and I've just haven't like I just still have this embarrassment surrounding it luckily I'm super open to talk about it so it's not too much of a problem but um it definitely has been easier for me to speak about it thanks to like the space that I'm in um in my work I literally support female founders and the past couple years You know, I used to work on a women in business magazine. One of the biggest topics we spoke about was women's health. And I was like the advocate for that. And same now, I get to use my platform to kind of share similar stories um, and to be in a community of female founders who are so open and so supportive. Um, And it has given me a lot of confidence to speak about these you know break down these stigmas and make the word period not taboo in the workplace and things like that so it definitely was embarrassing but it has I have gained a lot of confidence by speaking about it and being in a safe environment which is very lucky that's amazing and that's what we need because the more women like you who do talk openly about it the more it makes it a safe comfortable space for other women to also share And I think it's the lack of knowledge that's one issue and then it's the safety of talking about it. And and now I've spoke Mm -hmm. to many different women recently about similar kinds of of things. You know, there's women still 
in a physical workplace who are embarrassed to carry their pad or their tampons to the toilet with them to say that they're on their period. I know when I was at work, you know, and going into work in an office when I had my monthly bleed, I had such intense pain. I've, I've often had problems with my periods as well. And I never told anyone about it, even though I could be in the most incredible pain. And I remember one particular time having to fly to Dublin for meetings and just being so poorly with the pain, the worry, anxiety, like you say, bleeding through your clothes and thinking, how will I get to a bathroom? And I'm going into a strange place. I'm meeting new people and I'm having to talk in this meeting and so on. And it puts women under so much extra pressure. Whereas if you could mm. just say, having a bit of a rough day today because it's the first day of my period and I'm not feeling so great. But there's there's been for many years and it is starting to move away, thankfully, but many years, almost a kind of humour attached to, you know, these terms that have been used like women's troubles. Oh, is it your time of the month? Is it your women's trouble? You know, horrible terms as well like oh if you got the painters in and things like that and just makes you feel like it's a bad thing that you shouldn't be experiencing that so it's great that you're you know really feeling empowered to talk about it and share it today so when you had gone through this you know couple of years of trying the pill and things not getting any better actually getting worse in many of the areas of your health like how have you moved forward from that to where you are now? Mm. Yeah, um, I think that is important because I've taken a bit more, I've just kind of really been trying to focus on myself and what's good for me because the thing with like periods and your it's your cycle, it's your hormones, it's very different per individual, like even between the individuals who have PCOS, there's different types of PCOS. It breaks down into a whole system of... Um, for example, uh, like insulin resistance, there's a whole group of women who have PCOS who um, are like like higher um, chance of getting type 2 diabetes because um, their blood sugar obviously does not kind of like help them break down. Um, and all it's just all these sorts of like different nuances that are like involved mm. in PCOS. So I've just been trying my best to listen to my body and understand what is happening when it's happening i have um you know the flow app on my phone to track my period so i know hopefully i can get some sort of an idea if they're becoming regular if there's anything that's changing how i'm feeling if there's mood swings this certain day if there's cramps this certain day i'm really trying to understand my body um and how everything i do affects it because i've become a bit of a firm believer that like you know your body and mind are super balanced. I'm like so close to getting a tattoo. It says body and mind on my arms. Like I'm yes. going to get it this year. <laughs> I love it. So, Do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I'm just, you know, it, it all is encompassed, isn't it? And the way you treat your body is how your mind going to, is how your mind feels and vice versa. So, you know, doing things like what makes me feel happy and what's good for me. So, um, doing like drinking like apple cider vinegar and stuff to like help me feel less bloated just makes me feel confident in myself so that's not even like a physical symptom of PCOS that's just my confidence um things like I tried all these diets that I read online which is a whole nother you know story (laughs) of just getting into a wormhole of what the internet tells you and I've 
in the recent months steered very clear of things that I've read online because they don't know me and my body. Um, I do, <laughs> which is a take that I never had before, but I strongly have now, which is, um, you know, I will be the only person to fix what I'm going through. And yes, I can get support. And yes, there are certain diets that support PCOS, like having high protein breakfast, um, things like that. And, you know, low GI foods and all this. And I have tried that, but it just isn't very sustainable for me and, and my lifestyle. So I eat vegetarian. I eat relatively healthy. I um, go on walks once a day at least. I take um, inositol, which is a PCOS supplement, um, which has helped massively actually, which is um, fascinating because it was never something that was suggested from a doctor. Mm. It was just something I found on Amazon and I all, and it's just a supplement. It's not medicine. It's, you know, not handed over um, or prescribed. It's just a supplement. Um, and it's helped massively with just um, the bloating that comes along with PCOS, actually regulating the cycles, um, hair growth, which is a hair growth and hair loss, funnily enough, are the two symptoms I struggle with as well. Um, and sleep and kind of like feeling well rested um, is a big focus that I've had lately. But yeah, it's just um, step by step, I have been trying to understand what's good for me and how, you know, these little life hacks I have, like going on my little audiobook walks and um, forcing myself to have a maybe less carbs in the morning, things like that, and understanding what makes me feel good has been like the priority of my year, I think. And I think hopefully is going to continue onwards of just knowing what I feel good doing is like mm. my mantra at the minute but yeah and everything you've said there is the foundation for good strong health and well-being you know the sleep looking at your diet movement the mindset mm. part of it you know probably stress is the other thing you didn't mention but that they're the things that I focus on because regardless of what you might already have going wrong with your health or if it's not about something that's wrong but about prevention and feeling strong they're the foundational pieces of health that will really help you to be strong and can help to reduce things like inflammation not just mm -hmm. inflammation of the gut but of your brain of other organs that cause so many of the different illnesses and diseases we're seeing on the rise right now and PCOS being one of those so it's great that you've taken this approach and I love the mind-body connection and awareness because that's completely what I'm about that was a big part of my story in that I initially had quite significant mental health problems which went on for many 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 years I started to get different physical health problems never attached the two and linked them and it was the doctor who said to me you do realize that these migraines you're having for example and all of the calls you're having 
are caused by your mental health. It's it's the way you're thinking about things. And I said, oh, my God, no, it, it, it can't be. I was such a logical person. It was like, but I'm having all of these physical ailments. They're real. And he wasn't saying they weren't real. And I didn't get that at the time. And it only... Mm. It only took about another 12 years after that to realise it when I did finally make changes and then came into this space and could see, looking back, how that was the case. And, and so you mentioned, for example, your confidence and and looking at your diet and making changes and bringing in foods like apple cider vinegar. They're helping you to feel better because you're not bloating as much and maybe not in mm-hmm. as much discomfort. And because of that, you then feel more confident. And so it's that whole cycle, isn't it, of the way you feel physically impacts your mind and your mental health. And likewise, when you feel good mentally and in yourself and build that self-worth and self-belief, then you feel stronger physically. physically. And is that how you found it played for you? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, it's been so important for me to understand, like, when my body is giving me warning signs um because as early as like being 15 or 16 I remember when I was stressed and I was doing my GCSEs or revising for exams I would get a flaky scalp and I remember like separating the two and just be like oh I just have a flaky scalp that must just be what's happening this today um not realizing that it was because I was like overworking myself and extremely stressed um from GCSEs that Mm. I was like actually having a physical symptom happen to me um, and I remember thinking it was so bizarre and it's only has like kind of started to sink in now all of these times where I've noticed symptoms or um, just things happening that have actually been linked to stress that have shown up on my, you know, the physicality, such mm-hmm. as like weight gain and things like that. Um, but it's, yeah, it's been very much a balance of the two and I think it's important for me to think about now and to kind of like share is that the milestone I'm at right now is not perfect. I'm not in a, this is not a perfect world where I um, go to the gym and I do, you know, do this, live this lifestyle that maybe is, is over, um, overexposed on like social media and things like that, because I don't strive to be like that. I just strive to be happy and confident in myself. And I don't believe that, um I'm gonna find that if I'm like setting the goal a million miles away um so for me this is why I do these little tricks and these little tiny tiny steps that you know it's like the one percent habit changing something um small every day it's just gonna hopefully build up for a stronger and healthier life which is literally all I ever want and my dad says this to me all the time all he wants for people around him is to be happy and healthy and it's just it's just our like family goal is just you know to be happy and to have good health and I think that's kind of what my um focus has been for a long time now but in the tiniest of steps because I'm still a lazy person I have ADHD you think that I like have the most like structured routine in the world absolutely not like I just do what I can at the time Dragging myself out of bed sometimes is effort, but it's just these tiny steps and I get so proud of myself when I can see change because, you know, that's that's a step in the right direction as far as I'm concerned. So it is just about the 1% goal every day for me. Brilliant. And be proud because you are taking steps and the great thing is that 
you're not just taking the steps, you're reflecting back on the progress and change that you're feeling. And that also adds to the motivation and the momentum to keep taking more steps. And I love everything you're saying. That's such a, a huge part of the framework that I work with to help people build habits because those one percents do compound over time sometimes with good habits the challenge is that you don't get the instant big reward in terms of the goal you know you've found the small reward by enjoying listening to the audiobooks on a walk but the bigger goal of going for the walk is to help improve your PCOS symptoms Mm -hmm. and to feel stronger and not struggle with the pain and symptoms that you have in the past but that doesn't happen automatically and people expect that you know they start going to the gym or or other exercise if we use that as an example and then after a few weeks they're looking in the mirror and go well god I don't look like the way I wanted to look so what's the point in this it's hard work you know I'm doing all of this this time in the gym and and putting a lot of effort in where's the results whereas you're looking at and going but I feel better each day and it's helping me to make this a part of who I am and I know that it is creating longer term health and happiness so yeah I I could have primed you to talk today and ask you to say that so it's amazing to hear that you have that and as such a young person as well you're very switched on to this I know you work in the space of personal development and, and I'm sure that's inspired you a lot to make changes to help you live a better life so you know with that in mind we know there's so many young women who aren't here in this kind of conversation Mm. and in that space and what do you think we need to do to help women who might have different types of periods and cycles to speak out to ask for help and to make sure that they're taking the right steps to improve the health definitely and I think it is important because this obviously is a thing that does happen to a lot of young women um and funny enough my mum who is 50 now she has always said that she thinks she's had PCOS but was never diagnosed with it because it was just never understood um and so I only imagine how different her life could have been if she'd have known what was going on with her. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of what I want to reflect on and like share is, you know, if you think something is wrong or if you think um, you'd like to learn more about yourself and understand what's going on in your body or, you know, understand what's happening to your hormones and, and maybe you're feeling extra tired, maybe your periods are super heavy and you just want to check up, like, it is always a good thing to know about yourself and to understand what is going on. So I would just encourage people to not feel shy to talk about it. And I'm not saying you straight away have to go to a doctor, but just ease yourself into it if that's what helps. So talk to a friend, talk to a parent if you can. Um, Or if it's easier for you, go straight to a doctor and don't talk to anyone. Um, I think it's, it's so important. And I think I I consider myself to be self-aware, but really I think it's just because I've understood how my body works. And I think there's nothing more important than understanding how your own body functions and um, grows and, you know, shows up in symptoms. Like I was saying with my flaky scalp when I'm stressed. Now I know that that was stress. It's, I can, I can now understand sometimes if my brain isn't telling me I'm stressed that my body is. Um, So I think just, 
log your symptoms, log what's going on with you. I have so many notes apps that say, okay, today I'm feeling this. What does this mean? Like, let's keep track of what's going on here. Like I have my flow app where I keep track of all the PCOS symptoms that I'm struggling with. Um, And I'm just very experiment. I experiment with how that makes me feel and it to know what's going on and to have that knowledge is a positive is a positive thing for me and I imagine it might be that case of a lot of people and um I've I've noticed that I know I gave a bad like story of how I got diagnosed and like being told that I'm not overweight is it was just like a shocking thing but they are well especially in the UK a lot of doctors are now being trained on trained on women's health and I believe in 2024 there is a new um like program coming in of like training which mm. does focus on PTOS um, as as well as many other like women's health issues uh, like endometriosis and things like that. So um, yeah, don't feel shy to speak about it and your doctors will know what's going on. They will be able to help. And I think now more than ever, they are a lot more educated on what's happening and, and uh, can help you make lifestyle and diet changes because at the end of the day, to manage the symptoms of PCOS, it is about lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Um, the pill is not a one-stop fix. It um, is a lifelong like issue that you have to face. Um, and the only way that you can improve your lifestyle of PCOS is through diet and fitness and, and wellness changes. So yeah, I think that's kind of my, my lesson and something that I've learned myself and is important for me to share as well. So yeah, learn your body. Know know what's going on. <laughs> and lifestyle it is, you know, that's why I do what I do because for anything that you want to improve in your health or just to feel better and happier, it is about your lifestyle. It is those habits that all impact mm-hmm. your health. Everything you do every day in some way will impact your physical and mental health because as we're saying, we're a machine, we're all connected. Everything is intrinsically linked. And so anything that happens in your life, say you're driving on a morning to work or the school drop off and you lose your temper, you have big road rage, that has an impact on what then happens physiologically in your body, which then will probably impact you mentally because you've suddenly entered this great big stressful fight or flight situation. So, yeah, you, you're so wise in what you're saying about, you know, this is you for life and you want to feel good for life. And mm-hmm. I think we need you in schools. That's what I think is we need people <laughs> like you because I'm I'm actually thinking as you were speaking there that my daughter's almost 16 and she's had a talk at school and she never wanted to talk about it at home. I bought a book, I tried and it was that embarrassment of, you know, probably at the time being quite young. And I remember the day she came in and told me that she'd started her period. And we haven't spoke a lot recently. We've spoke more about menstruation and, and women's periods and cycles because I've been perimenopausal. So it's become a bit of a joke in our home. You know, oh, it's the perimenopause and things like that. But actually, you've made me think that I haven't really ever opened up the conversation on periods and your cycles to the challenges that can be very normal for many women, as you say. So that's something I need to take away and do with her. And that's what I would say to anyone listening as well, is think about 
you know, do you chat to, even if it's not your own kids, because this isn't just for girls, but people you work with or in your friendship group, do you talk about things like this? Because, again, I think it, it's it's how we start to help other people to know that maybe what they're experiencing isn't normal and doesn't have to be a way of life. But unless we throw it out there, like I said before talking to you, I didn't know what PCOS was. I'd heard about it and I'd been investigated in the past actually for endometriosis and PCOS, mm. but I didn't really ever know what they were. Do you know, there were just terms that I'd heard about without that knowledge of, and, and real awareness I should have had. So I really appreciate you opening up your story and sharing it with us so honestly and really inspiringly as well because I just love how you have totally embraced wellness and taking care of your health and what you said about you know you're lazy you're not perfect you're not that structured (laughs) that's what it's about but that's real life you know that that this is what I say to people all of the time is even Beyonce with our army of staff probably has things she doesn't get to because her life is still busy yes Mm. she has a very luxurious type of lifestyle compared to many and she's fortunate enough to be able to pay for people to support her with what she eats and exercising and housework and probably a lot of mental health and you know just things to support her development but I bet there's stuff she doesn't get to life's real isn't it so you know that's a great approach and mindset I have as well about doing what you can do and doing what is going to help you the most first building those habits and then life's going to evolve and change Emily also lives between France and the UK and so you're moving and your routine will be disrupted on a regular basis and so you know you're at this stage of your life where you are where you are and that's going to evolve and, and therefore what you need to support health will change through your life seasons and it's just about adapting and and being aware of that but you've ticked a massive box with the self-awareness so be very proud thank you it means a lot I think yeah. um I'm I'm very open about talking about it and I have a lot of guy friends and I speak to them about it because it's not only is it kind of funny to me <laughs> that I'm so open about things but like um it, it's nice for them to know they can have girlfriends they have you know they have gonna have children who are girls like it's it, everyone needs to be informed about mm. what women do go through and um you know the hardships of what it can be and mostly my focus has been women in the workplace so obviously how can employers improve the well-being of their staff with with um periods and things like that so you know it's a lot of changes happening and it is positive things are coming i know that spain actually now have paid menopause leave yeah um, paid menopause leave which is fantastic um so you know we're in this we're heading in the right direction and i think um, it only takes hopefully a small conversation or um a podcast like this to be Mm -hmm. heard where people can feel a bit more accepted and feel okay to talk about the challenges that they're going through because I promise you like people go through the same the exact same thing I wish I knew that when I was younger um and I I hope people now could be like oh yeah Emily I I also had a really bad period last week so you're not alone as a 24 year old you know it's just nice to feel seen and heard um so yeah I totally I totally appreciate uh being able to come on here and share my story as as kind of like normal as it is for me 
you know, it's just, it's just my life and it's just always going to be that way. So it's fascinating to be able to share it and hopefully turn it into a, an educational piece for some. Yeah, and that's exactly what we're here to do. So I hope you've enjoyed the conversation. Just to wrap up, if you want to share how people can reach out and find out more if they're inspired by you and obviously the work that you do to support female founders, entrepreneurs as well. Absolutely. Thank you. Um, so, yeah, I am found on LinkedIn if you people want to connect. Um I run a content club for women. So that's called Girl Brand. If you want to find us on LinkedIn or girlbrand.uk on Instagram, we help female founders and entrepreneurs with their social and online presence. So it's essentially a DIY toolkit to nail and level up your social media game. So um, I would love to connect with people on LinkedIn. That is my main platform. And I always share stories on there about my life. Um, as mundane as it can be so yeah I'd really appreciate if everyone reached out amazing and I can vouch for Emily being very transparent it's not boring at all it is live but you, <laughs> you do put some very inspirational posts and thoughts in there so keep doing Thank that you. yeah so thanks for your time and, and sharing your story Emily I really appreciate it well thank you for having me on you're welcome thank you so much for listening If you've enjoyed our podcast, please remember to hit subscribe so you never miss an episode. It would be really appreciated if you could leave a rating and review so other people can find us and build their own healthy, happy life. You can follow Life Now Coaching on all social media platforms and visit our website at lifenow.uk. Links are in the show description. I hope you enjoyed today's conversation and can't wait to see you again next week for more tips on living healthy and happy right now. Take care.